Um, your prayer affects people. And uh, to prove it, I don't know if you've noticed or can see, but when those little guys take up the offering, I don't know if you notice what they do. They get right here. Have you noticed what they, they kneel down and they pray? Do you know why they kneel down? Probably not. But I'm going to tell you why. Tommy, when he was in better health, would always take up the offering. And he would always find a little person to help him out. And uh, Isaac was one of those little guys. It's been, how long has it been? Eight years? Eight years that they've been with us. And Isaac has grown up a little bit. And he's always got somebody with him. And he kneels down. The reason Tommy knelt down is so that he could be on their level as they prayed. He knelt down with them. And now, since he knelt down, Isaac kneels down with them. Now they all kneel down. What's the point? The point is, Tommy's prayer affected the way they behave. That's powerful. That's powerful. That's the power of prayer. Amen. Joshua chapter 2, verse 15. If you can just stand up for just a few more seconds, we're going to let you sit down. This is a church that never sits down until I get up, and then everybody sits down. But hang in there just a few more minutes. Then she let them down by a cord through the window, for her house was upon the town wall. And she dwelt upon the wall. And she said unto them, Get you to the mountain, lest the pursuers meet you, and hide yourselves there three days until the pursuers be returned, and afterward may ye go your way. And the man said unto her, We will be, we will be blameless of this thine oath which thou hast made us swear. Behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window which thou did let us down by. And thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and all thy father's household home unto thee. Let's, let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the little things in scripture, Lord, that shows us there is hope, Lord, and there is power. Bless every family represented in this room today. God, we thank you for all that you're doing. God, we're so excited about those that are being baptized today to raise, to walk in the newness of life. Bless us as we open your word. Lord, help us to understand it. I want to understand it. Lord, help us apply it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. Um, let me go ahead and finish. Let me go ahead and finish 19 too. 19 says, and it shall be that whosoever shall go up out of these doors of the house into the street, his blood shall be upon his head, and we will be guiltless. And whosoever shall be with thee in the house his blood shall be on our head, if any hand be upon him. Verse 20 says, and if thou utter our business, we shall be quit of thine oath, which thou hast made us to swear. Man, what a story. What a story this is. I remember uh, sometime back, Jason preached about Rahab, and the Bible labels her as Rahab the harlot, and it mentions that title a lot. <laughs> and it's like, come on, just call her Rahab. But no, <laughs> they had to put that with it, you know. And these were young men that went in to spy out the land. The reason they went to spy out the land is as we learned at our men's meeting the, the other day, uh, Thomas told us that God will subdue things, make them small, but you still got to possess them. So he gave them the land. God gave them the land. And he told them, I give you the land. Um, the reason he told them that he gave them the land is because it wasn't readily understood. When you look at a city, and the city is fortified, and it's surrounded by walls, 
and there's no way to get in it. And God says, oh, yeah, by the way, I give you that. Uh, it probably didn't look like a gift when you're standing on the outside, did it? Here, I, I gave you that. I gave you that. If somebody gives you a gift and uh, you know, you know when they're giving you a gift because it's usually wrapped <laughs> or in a bag with tissue or if, you know, you're a guy and you're pathetic, you know, it's just, it just shows up, you know. But you know it's a gift because it's wrapped a certain way. But you look at Jericho and he says, I give you that city. I gave you that city. It doesn't look like a gift. Because the things about God is even when he gives them to you, you still have to possess them. He said, I gave you the city. Now possess it. Now possess it. How do I possess it? How do I possess what God gave me? You know what I believe? I believe that God has given people some things, and they may not even realize exactly what he gave them, so he has to point it out to them. I think you've got some things in your life that you don't recognize are gifts from God because they don't show up packaged right. We want it to show up as a blessing. But let me ask you this. When have you grown in your relationship with God? It's usually not in the good times. Well, I really got close to God on vacation when I was doing absolutely nothing. No, usually when I ask you where you've got closer to God, it's in the tough times. It's in the trial. Those are gifts from God. They don't look like gifts. They're not wrapped like gifts. But later on, you realize that God is a giving God. Even in our tough times, God is being good to us. And I know it's easy to say until you're in the tough time. But there's a few words in here I want to point out. And I'm going to let you go early today because I'm excited about the baptism. But um, there's a few words in here that are very interesting. The scarlet thread. We can preach a lot of sermons out of this. We can preach hanging by a thread. Ah. And we can talk about when you're at the end of your rope. Ah. Tie a knot. You know, we can do that. We can talk. And, and, and the truth is, sometimes when you feel like you're ready to slip, just hold on a little bit longer because help, help is on the way. And it's scary, Brother Eddie. I think sometimes we let go too soon. I think sometimes we've got answers to prayer we got an answer for a prayer, and we didn't realize it was an answer because we forgot we'd done prayed about it and gave up on it. And God still sends us answers. That's how God works. I believe that your prayer can last for generations. Amen. Amen. I don't think it has to be just at this moment, but I believe your prayer can last for a long time. So how important is our relationship with God? So when, when we read this and we, and we see that uh, God gives them this city, and he says, he says some interesting things. He said, march around the city. March around the city. And don't say a word, by the way. Don't say anything. Don't say anything at all. People, that's a miracle in itself. That people could march around a city every day for six days and not say anything. I mean, I know some of y'all. I know you'd want to be like, hey. Somebody would want to talk. But he said, don't say anything. Don't, don't make a sound because they were holding on. <laughs> they were holding on until the seventh trip on the seventh day. Why? Because there's going to come a day, there's going to come a moment when you're going to be able to shout. It's not always, it's not always on the up and up as a Christian. Raise your hand if you've ever been through a hard time. Raise your hand if you've ever been through a struggle. Raise your hand if you've ever really had it to the point where you, you didn't understand or even know how it was going to work out. And you just looked at it and you became overwhelmed. Amen. The Bible understands that we get in situations like that. 
God understands that sometimes we get overwhelmed because he said, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Gary, there's a place in God that when I'm tired, I can run to. There's a place in God where when I'm weak, I can run to. The name of the Lord is a strong and a mighty tower. The righteous run into it and they are saved. These towers were strategically placed on the battlefield. So if you were out in battle and you were to drop your sword, you could turn around and run back to the high tower. Can I tell you, in your life, when you drop your sword, there's a place where you can run to, and that place is the name of Jesus. The name is a strong and a mighty tower, and you get to the tower, and you get your sword back, and you get your refreshment back, and you get your water back. It's a place of refuge. You can run to the name of Jesus. I don't know how it works. I just know it works. You can be in the deepest, darkest trial you've ever been in and just say, oh, Jesus, and everything begins to change. Can I get a witness? There's power in his name. There's a place of rest. Take the city. I want you to go take this city. March around. Marching around the city. On the seventh day, he said, you shout. Before this happened, they sent some spies out. Two spies went into the city. And of all people to take them in, it was Rahab. They were young men. I'm going to leave that alone. Whatever happened in their house, she may, uh, I'll say it, she may have been trying to drum up some business. She brought them in to her house and realized there was something different about them. Can I tell you, the enemy's going to come and he's going to try to drum up business with you. When he gets a hold of you, he needs to realize there's something different about this person. Because Zach, they were afraid of the, the, they were afraid of the people of God because they had begun to hear some things. You see, when they came down to Jordan, Jordan had overran its banks. It was flood season. And they understood, the people of Jericho understood this fact, that in flood season there wasn't nobody crossing the Jordan. They heard they were coming. They knew they were coming. My question was, why didn't they have an army down there on the other side of the Jordan? Because they knew. They knew it was flooded and there was no way they would cross. What they forgot about, they looked at the natural situation, but what they forgot about was the God that was the God of Israel was able to control the natural and able to part a river and able to part a sea and able to reach down to where you are and pick you up when the world says there ain't no way. I got a God that says there is a way. Not only does he say there is a way, he is the way. God don't make a way. He is the way. Let me say that again. He don't just make you a way. He is the way. He made a way in the wilderness. He made a way in your life. That's why he said, come, follow me. Follow me. Here's the problem. We get this out of order. When we stop following Jesus, we get in trouble. When we try to get in front and run our own life, we're, we're, we're headed for disaster. Let me tell you something about God. He, he, don't, let it, he don't let it roll in this order. Yeah. Notice when Jesus called his disciples, he said, come and follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me. I've told you this story before, but it's worth repeating because someone wouldn't hear when I said it the first time, so you're going to hear it now. <laughs> Any questions? My dad was a romantic. He was so romantic. Mom's rolling her eyes. He was so romantic that on their anniversary, 
we would go pick blackberries. That's so romantic. And let me tell you something about me. I got sick and tired of picking blackberries. It was a lot. And Tracy, I know you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. She's ever saying, he won't ever take me blackberry picking. Because she didn't have to pick them. It's, uh, what? It's horrible. No, it's horrible. The whole experience is bad. We, I mean, when I say we pick blackberries, it wasn't like you see on the movies. You know, they got a little jar and they're picking blackberries. No, we had like peanut butter buckets and strapped to our belts and just picking bushels and bushels and bushels in the hot sun. I was a little fella. And man, here's what happens with blackberries. All the good blackberries, they're in the back. Because here in West Virginia, they grow on strip roads. And people that are old <laughs> get there first. And they pick all the good ones that are beside the road. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And, and you look back and you say, man, if I could just get back there. If I could just get back there. Whoa, look at those. Big old blackberries. Man, that's Cobbler City back there. But up here it's scrawny. So what my dad would do is he would come over and he would get in front of me. And he would take his foot and he'd move the briar this way. And he'd move the briar that way. And he would get stuck. Because I promise you, them things stick you. They fight back. And he would make a path for me to go get the fruit. If I got in front of him, I got stuck. Are you, are you hearing me? I said, if I got in front of him, I got stuck. If I got in front of him, I would bleed. But as long as I was behind him, can I tell you, you got a heavenly father that said, I go before you. I go before you. And I want to let you know, he took some thorns in front of you. He took some pain in front of you so that you can get to the fruit. Follow me. He said, walk, walk, follow the instructions. Just follow the instructions because I'm going to make things happen. I'm going to make something happen for you if you just follow the instructions. Don't get it out of order. They send the spies in. They're checking everything out. She takes them in. She hides them and she lies. They come looking for him. <laughs> they hadn't seen him. Hadn't seen him. You look down on her for being a liar or just know her profession. <laughs> She hides them and she lies about it. They make a deal. They're getting ready to leave. There's two words here that, that's so interesting. And if you, if you just read this and you just read it in passing, you miss it. You miss it. Let's, let's back up. She said, let them down by a cord. I think that was the first verse. Am I right? And then she let them down by a cord through the window. A cord. A cord through the window. She lets them down with a cord. Everybody say cord. Now, I want you to notice in verse 18. In verse 18, it says, Behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window, which thou didst let us down by. The word changed for some reason. They didn't call it a cord. They called it a line. They said, she let them down with the cord. And I'm going to tell you something about the Bible. It is written so awesome. Way cooler than you think it is. God put everything in there on purpose. 
Now, whoever, when, when they wrote this, when Joshua wrote this, he wrote this under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. So they, they, there's two different Hebrew words here that they're using for the same thing. The word cord. The word cord can, can mean a rope or it can also mean pain. It can, that word can also mean pain. But when we get to the word line, it can also mean a rope. But it means joy. The word he used can also mean joy. So what happened between pain and joy and why was the word changed? What happened between this chord and this line? Oh, I want to tell you something. The people of God play by a different set of rules. Amen. Say that again. The people of God play by a different set of rules. When the world has no hope, we have hope. When the world has no joy, we have joy. When the world is falling apart, we're still got it together because we got our hand in the hand of the man who can seal the water. Can I tell you something? My greatest days are still ahead of me because Jesus is still my captain. I know it looks bad, but I know a God who is able. And I got him. He's got me. What happened? Oh, we miss it when we just read through this. We saw a chord line, same thing. No, there's something going on here. Watch what she says between the pain and the joy. She says, get you to the mountain. This is verse 16. Let the pursuer, lest the pursuers meet you and hide yourself there three days until the pursuers be returned. And afterward, you may go your way. Between the pain and the joy, there was three days. See, see, we missed this. Between the pain and the joy, there were three days. Said, you wait three days, and then the line comes about. What are you saying? I'm saying weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. What are you saying, preacher? There are three days. I know this ain't Easter. I understand that. But I'm here on a Sunday morning celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ because I know that every other religious leader that has ever walked this world is still in the ground. But my Redeemer lives. I know my Redeemer lives. There was three days between the pain and the joy. What are you, what are you going to do? When judgment comes, listen to me. If you're under the sound of my voice right now and you're not washed in the blood of Jesus, you have absolutely nothing to be excited about because your end is destruction. If you can't keep up with the footman, what are you going to do when the horsemen get here? If you can't keep up now, what are you going to do? I know within myself I can't keep up. Are you listening? I can't do this on my own. I can't live for Jesus on my own. I've tried it in myself. Tried to be a believer. Tried to be a Christian. I learned something. You don't try to be a Christian. You become one. How? Through the Spirit of God. Amen. What do you mean? You're born again. Listen really close. I can do anything I want. I'm free. 
He that the Son is set free is free indeed. The difference is I got a nature change and there's things I don't want to do because I know he don't want me doing. I can do anything I want. I want to do what's pleasing to him. Are you with me? You Christians, you're so bound. You are so bound by rules and religion and, and this and that. No, sir. No, sir. Let me tell you what bondage is. Can I preach to you bondage? When you can't sit through a service without having to go out and put kind of some kind of substance in your body because you're so bound. I don't know about you, but I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I do this in the liberty of the gospel. I can walk out if I want. I don't want to. I'm a prisoner of Jesus. could take a slave and on the year of jubilee brother eddie tell me if i'm right they got to go free you know what i wish we would institute a year of jubilee in our country that'd be cool any debts that you owe they're forgiven <laughs> hence the word jubilee <laughs> I mean, how exciting would that be just hang in there honey one more year and they're all white three go charge something baby Charge cards, <laughs> some of you old people. <laughs> but a slave could go free on the year of Jubilee. But he said, if your master's good to you and you want to stay, he said, stick around. He said, put a ring in his ear. Put something to mark him. Let him know that he's a... Let him know. I know he could have walked out. I know he could have left. I know he could have got away from all the work. Let me tell you something about ministry. It's work. It's work. Now, let me say it again. It's work. Some of y'all ain't amen because y'all ain't never done it. Is it really? It looks hard up there. You know what they say? You know what's so interesting they say about preachers? They say, y'all only work on Sunday. I said, I don't know who your preacher is. But I work all week long and Wednesday and Sunday and I just work all the time. I don't know who your preacher is. It can become strenuous at times. It can become overwhelming at times. And you know what the devil says? Walk away. Walk away. Go in and resign. Just walk away. Get up and tell everybody. Y'all are too much. I can't handle it anymore. Goodbye. I'm going to go on a permanent vacation. And I'm going to go find me a little country church. And I'm going to pat the preacher on the back and I'm going to pay my tithing and say, Good work, buddy. See you next Sunday. I mean, that sounds a little tempting the way I put it, don't it? Here's the problem. My master has been too good to me. My master has been too good to me. I know I could get out of the work. But this labor that I do, it's a labor of love. Why is it a labor of love? Because he first loved me. He died for me. He buried me. He carried my cross. He buried me. He rose me again. I'm alive, and I'm a bond servant of Jesus. And I won't ever, 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 ever back up. So if you see me with an earring, you'll know. I don't know. I'm old-fashioned. I still get nervous around God. Never mind. Leave him alone. Take him. <laughs> leave it alone. Leave it alone. Keep going. Keep going. It's so hard not to. 
I see some little sissy men these days. I'm like, Lord, that's adorable, cutie. You can't swing a hammer. I couldn't leave it alone. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving. I'm a bond servant. Between the pain and the joy, there was three days. It's the same line. It's the same cord. I'll give me a rope real quick and I'm going to close. What time is it? Oh, yeah, I better hurry. Go ahead. I can keep going. Goodness. I'm wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in a mess. I'm going to show y'all something real quick. We got time for this. Time out. Amen. Would anybody like to testify during this commercial? <laughs> Me. Man, I know what it is to be lost. And I know what it is to be found. I know what it is to be bound. And I know what it is to be free. Jason, this life I live. Y'all quit looking at this. Because y'all looking at them, y'all ain't listening to me, and I'm testifying. Everybody's like, wow, what a mess up there. And I'm like, Jesus is good. Y'all ain't even listening. You're laughing because you're guilty. You wasn't even listening, was it? You was looking up there. And you... Oh, you was doing both. Yeah. Okay, well, men can't do that. Guys, quit looking. That's good right there. Sam? It's the same scarlet rope they're talking about. But they use different words to describe it. Pull. Keep going. You look too comfortable. Hold that. Pull it tight. We all have a lifeline. We all have a lifeline. And, and we are connected to our lifeline. And you know what? Some of us in this room have experienced tough things on their life, in our life, on our lifeline. Can you say amen? amen. We've experienced some pain. We've experienced some struggle. But you know what's crazy about this lifeline? It doesn't stop. It, do, it doesn't stop. Once, once you're born, once you're born, this lifeline continues to move forward. And here's what happens. There's pain. And the Bible says death reigned from Adam to Moses. Death reigned. Death was in charge from Adam to Moses. So on your life, you, you got a choice. You can hold on to pain. But then there came a point when somebody suffered the ultimate pain for something they didn't do. We know the crucifixion was one of the worst kind of day, ways to die. Amen? You didn't die from bleeding out. You died from smothering. And he took that pain. And there was a lot of pain there. But then there was three days. <laughs> now listen to this. If you understood what happened in those three days, you'll understand that you can change your life of pain to something different. 
They said, let us down with the cord. Oh, preacher, a lot of pain, a lot of struggle in my life. You know what the Bible says? The way of a transgressor is hard. You know when the Bible becomes a stumbling block? When you try to get around it. Uh, let me say that again. Scripture becomes a stumbling block when you try to get around it. But when you try to go through it, it becomes a stepping stone. So you get to this pain, and all of a sudden, there are some people that are on this side of the three days, and there are some people that are on this side of the three days. I want to know which side are you on in your life. Are you over here in the pain? Because let me tell you what's going to happen on this side. It's going to end in pain. Weeping. Gnashing of teeth. But Brother Donald, you know what I'm excited about? Is one day I found about that three-day span. This is what we're about to do. We're about ready to baptize some people. You got to say it like that so I think you're from a big church. Would anyone like to be baptized? Is that right, Eddie? We're having a baptism. We're getting ready to baptize some folks. Yeah. And let me tell you what's going to happen. They're making a transition. There was death, burial, and resurrection. Three days. Death, burial, and resurrection. What, the death is you dying to your old man. The burial is you burying him down. And the resurrection is you raising to walk in the newness of life. Do you know why I have joy on this side? Because I buried the old man. And I was raised to walk in the newness of life. Can I tell you, when pain comes, I still got joy. My lifeline is taking me to a place of milk and honey. And I ain't never letting go. So where are you at? Are you in a cord or are you in the line? Are you holding on to the pain or do you want to let it go and walk in something new? Check this out, Marty. When I lay down at night, I go to sleep. What was that? Sometimes mid-sentence. Not my sentence, her sentence. I don't fret about whether I'm going to wake up or not. I told her the other day, I said, listen, if I die, there's some good insurance policies on me. I'm worth a lot to her dad. Maybe more than a lot. Whew, I shouldn't have said that to her out loud. Something happens to me, y'all know. Y'all know. Y'all know. <laughs> Quarter line. Quarter line. Bound or free. Struggle or joy. It's the same scarlet line. It's the same lifeline. You get to decide. But what you got to do is come to reckon these three days. Don't ever stop preaching, testifying, and singing about the cross. Don't ever stop singing about how powerful the name of Jesus is. Man, what songs today? I'm gonna, I'm not, I'm, listen, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a preacher, and I love you, and I wouldn't lie to you anyway. But here's the point. When Tracy sings, Lord, prepare me, I, there's nothing spiritual about that to me. Because I remember the first song we sang when we were dating, and I'll just go back to that truck. <laughs> I don't worship at all when she sings that. Sorry. It's just real. Because we're on a date, and I said, first date ever. I said, can you, I heard you can sing. She said, no, no. And I said, come on, let me hear you sing. 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 And she said, okay. No, she didn't. She's real shy about it. And finally she said, Lord, prepare me. 
I just think about the truck. And I'm like, I got to have this one. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, help me, Lord. She's wonderful. <laughs> Was you saved then? Okay. All right, well, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, she was saved. I'd never date a heathen. Pain or joy? Pain or joy? Pain or joy? You can stay in the wilderness or you can roll around in a land with milk and honey. You can stay out in the desert or you can live in the promised land. You got hell, you got heaven. And there's three days that separate the two. Are you going to accept the fact that Jesus died, Jesus was buried, Jesus rose again, and all he wants to do is get with you and transition you from pain to joy, from pain to joy. I found out about a scarlet line, and it's a bloodline that changed me forever. Amen, amen. amen. Go ahead. We got to go. We got to go back to us. Baptize. If you felt good, roll up a little bit neater for next time. <laughs> oh, we're starting on both ends. This is going to be a disaster. <laughs> Where are you at in your life? It's your, it's your line. It's your line. It's your life. It's your decision. Listen, I am more free will than any free will Baptist you've ever met in your life. It's your choice. It is your choice. The Spirit will draw you. Do you realize that God even gave Jezebel a space to repent? As evil as she was, you think he knew she wasn't going to repent and gave her that space anyway? No, he gave her a choice. You got a choice. The Spirit draws you. He deals with you. I'm telling you, I've had him shake the line before. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Man, I sat in a church service, Brother Eddie, and the Spirit drew me. And my heart was beating out of my chest. I was like, I'm not going to go. 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 I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm having a lot of fun right now. Yeah, a whole lot of fun. I lied to myself. Being a Christian is way more funner. I walk with joy. Even in the trial, I got joy. Even in the darkness, I got joy. Because of a three-day span. That's what it comes down to. Do you accept it or do you suppress it? Because every person in this room knows there's something bigger out there. Come on. Come on, musicians. We got a song? They playing for a song afterwards? Because here's what we do at this church. After we get them preaching, they sing a song. And that gives you a moment to reflect and respond to something you've heard. You can dismiss it, walk out the door. Or you can heed it and let God change your life. Because you know what we forget sometimes, Gary? We forget that Jesus died. It's why in communion he said, do this often. In remembrance of me. Remember, remember, remember. Jesus died for your sins. You know what life's about? Bringing glory to him. Because one day, Dave, I'm going to stand in front of him. 
I don't know how you feel, but when I get there, I don't want to be ashamed. I don't want to be embarrassed. I sure don't want to hear him say, depart from me, worker of iniquity. I never knew you. Man, I changed. I changed. My life changed. If your life changed because of the gospel of Jesus, would you slip your hand up right now? Slip your hand up. All over the Look around. Look around at the testimonies. I'm changed. I'm changed. I'm changed. As they sing this song, if you need to respond, please don't forget our families that have lost. Because there is no comfort outside of God. God is the God of all comfort. That means there's no comfort anywhere else. If you need prayer, would you step out? If you need to make a decision, would you come to the altar? The altar is where things are altered. Lives are changed. Your directions change. I take away your sin and give you peace. Go ahead, Josh. Go ahead. I would be hopeless. Without your goodness. Are you thankful for your goodness? I would be desperate. Without your love, slave to the darkness. Oh, if it wasn't. If it wasn't for the cross, you have won me with your kindness and chased me.
for those three days. Would you clap your hands? Amen. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. Amen. Amen. So excited. So excited. Announcements. Tracy, where you at? Any announcements? Dave, prayer. Prayer. Tuesday night, 6 o'clock. Tuesday night, 6 o'clock. Prayer. Amen. We're getting ready to go to a baptism. How many people are being baptized today? Hold your hand up. All right. Look around. Man, that's awesome. That is so awesome. By the way, uh, we got you a T-shirt that, you, that we'd love for you to wear while you get baptized. That'd be pretty cool. Um, Taylor and Shane worked on them while they left and went out of town, so Allison finished them up last night, and she quit a couple of times because she got mad. But anyway, they're done. <laughs> they're done. The shirts are done. And so uh, if you're going to be baptized, grab a shirt. Grab a shirt. Amen. So do that. And uh, uh, we're having at Lake Stevens at the first entrance, right, the dam. Right there. We'll be right there. So if you know where that's at, great. If you don't, follow somebody. We'll see you there in about 35, 40 minutes. And we'll be baptized. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word, for your promise, your grace, your mercy, your love, your truth, your power. Everything about you, Lord, we're thankful for. Thankful. Thankful. So thankful. God, as we walk through this line of life, Lord.